of the broadcast. The broadcast. The Bondcast. Wow, here we are again. Number two. Um, number one was great. Uh, the feedback from you guys was was tremendous. I got so many positive, positive messages. I got a couple of amazing phone calls as well. Uh, one in particular yesterday that really stood out to me from a friend in uh, Buffalo. And it, his words were just f- fucking awesome. The guy totally pumped my tires and made me feel incredible. And uh, he had nothing but amazing, great, kind things to say. And uh, I re- it, it was great to hear. And I'm really glad people are digging the the new Bond cast. And uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the future and, and what's to come. Because the, the feedback was truly incredible. And you guys made me feel awesome. And uh, it's, it's why I, I continue to, to kind of do this and get into this new thing I'm doing. So again, thank Thanks so much. I uh, really do appreciate it. And please continue the support and tell all your friends and share uh, the Bondcast. Um, I almost said the Bondcast experience, and then I would have smashed myself right in the face right after because um, that's certainly not what this is going to be called. Uh, it's the Bondcast, folks, and uh, welcome. Number two, I'd like to thank Kelton, uh, my, my youngest son, Brad, his buddy, Kelton. Uh, kid's a wizard in the... Uh, in the uh, producing department, and uh, he's got some skills. Anyways, he put together that new opening. Uh, great beat and cool little uh, is, 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 <laughs> whatever you call it in there. I, anyway, I like it. Uh, you guys can let me know which one was better, the first one or that one. Uh, Kelton also was cool enough to uh, design a new logo that you would have seen when you clicked on this uh, this Bondcast today So, or whenever you decide to listen to it. Anyways, I'm really excited. Uh, number two is here. I got I got cool new artwork, so I've got I've got a bunch of options now, and as well for the music bed. So I hope you guys are enjoying it and continue to enjoy it. And so here we go. <laughs> I was a little nervous to do this second podcast. I'm not going to lie, and and here's why. Um, you know, the first one was really easy, and and I had a you know it was basically I knew how I was going to start it. You know, because I've had people listen around the world already. And I've been able to see the analytics, which has been pretty cool. And there's people listening in the 18 to 24 category. And then the neg- the biggest one is uh, 40 to 55 category, I believe. So, um, and that makes sense. I mean, my kids' friends are listening and, uh, you know, all my friends around the world are listening. And it's a full, perfect mix, 50-50 of uh, male, female. So I'm glad I've got both listeners and uh, I'm glad the ladies are listening to old Bonzarella uh shoot his mouth off as well. So welcome to everybody. I love you all. Anyways, I was nervous because, like I said, that first one was super easy. I just kind of explained myself. You know, I was in radio back in the day. It's what I went to college for. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I just didn't do it. It was poof. It was gone two years in and um, I wasn't doing it. Anyways, I've always had the itch and I explained it and it was so easy to do. But then when it came to the second one, I've got so much shit to say. But I didn't know how to rope, dial it in and keep it roped in and keep it keep it a nice, smooth flow. You know what I mean? Anyways, I, I was kind of nervous. So I've, uh, you know, I've never done this before a podcast. And, and the, the Bonzi live show, it's kind of just a Wild West, you know, run gun shooting show that's off the cuff. Um where this is a little more, you know, definitely dialed in, I, I wrote, I write out the show. Now, I don't write out like full paragraphs in a book. 
I write out point forms and then I just look at them and then it can kind of send me off to the races because I know what I want to talk about and all the points because they're right there in front of me. So I just didn't know how to well, like how to c- continue with number one. And I reached out to a friend that she's always been there for me. She always has the right answers. It's like she's a guru. And uh, anyway, I love her to pieces. She's such a great friend. And uh, I just I was kind of was like, yo, wh- I'm I'm stuck. <laughs> I did. I don't know where to go from from number one. I've got so much to say. And she's like, well, listen. I love number one, and she was she was awesome. She gave me uh, constructive criticism as well. She loved the show, uh, the the Bondcast, but she was very helpful and gave me some some constructive criticism that I've I will try my best to take into account. And she also said, like, listen, Bozo, you you've got this. Like, all you have to do is continue from number one. Like, you you already dropped some things that you were going to talk about. A um, <laughs> getting almost dying in Costa Rica was a huge one. Um, also, the you know the microdosing on shrooms and and my she says you got to tell the mushroom story when you ate two grams of chocolate mushrooms about a month ago, uh, maybe even three weeks ago, and and it went to the to the moon and back, and it was it was absolutely crazy. So I'm going to tell that story shortly. But um, yeah, and then it just kind of clicked on me. The whole second show came to me. Um, yesterday, kind of in, in the late evening. And I was like, boom, I know, I totally know what I'm going to, what I'm going to talk about and how it's going to flow and where it's going to go. So <laughs> buckle up kids. Cause here, here it goes. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, I mentioned microdosing with mushrooms. Um, I think last show, last Bondcast, and, and I, it's been going great. So I've done two full weeks. Now what you do is you do, you do five, five days on and two days off. And then, um, then you do it again. So I've done two, two, two full weeks now. And there is, I can't, so I'm going to get into the whole microdosing of mushrooms in a, in a, in a, in a bond cast all by itself. Okay. Coming up probably this week. And, but what I want to just mention real quick about the, that there's some massive things have happened already in two weeks. One, and the biggest one that I've noticed already is my sleep. Is is night and day. I fucking sleep like a baby every single night now. Whereas before, folks, if you knew me or listened to my show, I I would sleep at two hours max. That was it at best. Um, and it was horrible. I would toss and turn. I I wanted to videotape myself because it would be a disaster. Excuse me. And um, literally, it has to go left side. Nope, not comfortable. Then you're on your back. Then it's the right side. And they literally do like a full fucking circle flip and start all over again and try and get sleep. Um, and it's been a complete nightmare for, for fucking years now. And I find, you know, I tried so much, like I was a piss tank and I thought alcohol being wasted would help me sleep. It doesn't. Okay. It makes it, it makes it worse. Anyways, microdosing with mushrooms in, in, in this tiny, tiny amount has, done wonders, wonders for my sleep. Now, it probably coincides with with not drinking as well, but it definitely, I'd already started the microdosing before I stopped drinking, and the, the, the results were almost immediate, within a couple of days. So, I know it's going to take some time for the mushrooms to get into my system, and like I said, it's been two weeks, so I'm building up this this microdosing mushroom in my body and my system, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little more 
calm, if you will, because <laughs> I'm pretty shot out of a cannon every day. I'll sit here by myself, but I'm so fucking fidgety, and my my attention span is is insane. Like it's it's so piss poor, it's ridiculous. Uh, the fact that I can sit here and talk for this long without even taking a break surprises me because. I legit, like when I record my books and stuff or do my voiceover work in the daytime and nighttime, I, it takes me forever because I can't fucking focus. Anyways, the, the microdosing is helping. It, it is nowhere near the results that I, I am waiting for. Uh, they have not happened yet, but there is definitely an improvement. Um, it is minor, and I, and I hope that it gets better and better, and I, I definitely believe it will. Um, and, you know, this is something that I'm going to, you know, microdosing, I'm going to continue. It's a, it's a lifestyle now. It's a, something I'm going to choose to do to help me and see what the long-term effects are. It's a rather ineffective, uh, you know, it, it, it's pretty cheap to to get a month's worth supply, and uh, I'm all for it. It's like, I think, 35 bucks, maybe 40 with shipping from BC. Anyways, check them out. Free plug for them. The shroombros.com. Uh, shipped in three or four days, right from BC. Great packaging. It's fresh as shit. Uh, because I also got some regular mushrooms from them. Um, but I'm I'm really happy with the results, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a whole bond cast on it and give you guys the full details, and I'll go into great depths of the benefits and um you know how and why I started and it, and it's taken off it really has taken off and I'll talk about everybody that's been uh, you know celebrities are doing it so I recommend you you do it too it, it, there's so many benefits for it you can either go google it yourself or wait for the bondcast that's coming up and uh we'll get we'll get fully into it and I'll give you guys all the 411 on uh, on microdosing fuck it's hard it's been amazing for me already I'm a full believer in them. And so, you know, when you believe in something like that too, that, that also helps. And listen, it's, it's a natural thing that grows out of the goddamn ground. There's no pharmaceutical bullshit mixed in and in, in like all these chemicals and shit. It's raw and natural. Uh, and I love it. Anyways, uh, stick around for the Bondcast on microdosing. So <laughs> before, I think it was about three or four days before I started microdosing, I, I came across, I had, uh, somebody gave me, I bought them, but they offered me two grams of these chocolate cube mushrooms. Anyways, it was it looked like a delicious chocolate cube, which, which it was. I fucking ate it. It was delicious. Didn't even taste like mushrooms. Anyways, I thought it would be and, – and listen, for those who know me, I haven't done mushrooms in 11-plus years since I saw the kid get hit and killed by the train, which fucked me up and caused my PTSD and everything and depression and anxiety and – I stayed away from mushrooms because I was scared shitless to do them. Um, and I, I still, I still to this this day, uh, for reasons unbeknownst to me, I ate one. Thought it would be a great idea, and and I I did it alone too, which I still can't. Well, like why I would even do mushrooms in the first place that that much, and why I would do it alone is still new to me. I, I really can't. I can't even fathom why I did it. Anyways. About an hour and 25 minutes goes by. I've showered at this point. I've, I gave the dog a haircut. I did some work in, in the studio here. And, and it was an hour and 20 minutes. I'm like, fucking nothing happening. Like, these are, these were a ripoff. It sure was delicious, but, but shit, that was an expensive chocolate cube. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so what does old fucking genius here do? Of course, takes the other one. It's been an hour and 25 minutes. Nothing happened. I'm like, this is a ripoff. I'll just eat the other one at least. At least it was delicious, you know? So I ate the other one. Mm, so good, too, right? 
well, fuck, I right on cue, right? Like Murphy's Law, I, sh- I just should have known better. I should have known better. But whammo, two minutes later, that one hit me like the first gram hit me like a Mack truck. And I, it was, I was off to the races. I was like, woo I was feeling fine and not drinking wine, but I was, I was like, Whoa. it was, they really kicked in hard. It took a long time, but man, oh man, when they kicked in, they kicked in. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm in this conundrum because I just ate the second one. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck, what do I do? Do I, do I throw up? Like I legit thought about running to the bathroom and throwing up the second grab. But then I thought, nah, dude, you're tough. You got this. I mean, you've done tons of drugs. You did ayahuasca, you know, uh, which is a whole nother podcast, uh, Bondcast. I'll get into that in a minute too about ayahuasca. But I, I thought, nah, you, you got this, bud. Well, listen, I did not have it at all. <laughs> in fact, I fucking failed miserably. So the buddy that gave them to me, uh, I bought them from. He, he he happened to text me, and I was I was now I was at about an hour and forty five minutes, two hours in, and I was not doing well at all. Like I was buzzing around, I was pouring sweat to the point where it was just disgustingly wet. Anyways, <laughs> he texted me, and I answered him, and I was like, I'm not doing good, bro. Like I'm really really in a bad way. I need your help, and he's like. Phew. Sorry, I'm tripping myself on on edibles and I, I can't come help you. Well, it got to the point where it was so bad, like the skin on my arms started melting off, like in, in my eyes. Um, well, I was holding the phone or whatever. Now the phone made me feel like I was in, like I was going in, reaching into another, another dimension. And now the, the, the skin is melting off my arms in front of my eyes. So I'm starting to freak out. And then the visions kick in hardcore. I start seeing... Um, ambulance, police, fire trucks are showing up. And, and then I got this vision of me fucking strapped to a gurney. Uh, and they're, they're wheeling me to the way, the ambulance there and chucking me in and all, all the neighbors around and they're, Oh yeah, that guy, fuck it. Yeah. He's very quiet. I never see him, but you know, and I was like, Oh fuck, I'm, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I, I was freaking out at this point. Okay. Absolutely losing it because the vision was so real. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be an embarrassment to the, my neighborhood and the community. And and what am I going to do? I'm, I'm sitting here strapped to a god getting chucked in the ambulance, being taken to the mental institution. And then I had visions of being in the mental institution. And believe me, folks, it was not fun. So I'm freaking out at this point, okay? And we're about two hours in and I am absolutely losing. I can't touch anything. Uh, my, my dog's sitting here staring at me and following me everywhere. And that was freaking me the hell out too um (laughs) i couldn't even let him outside i'd let him outside to go pish but i couldn't even go outside with him because i was fucking terrified that everybody and everything include trees houses cars could see me hear me and like feel me and uh, i was not down with how i was feeling and i was i was really freaking out i was scared shitless so I called, I text my, I couldn't speak. I text my son and the whole time the, my, the phone's melting in my hands and I'm, I'm I can't even like touch it. I got to put it down and like peck away at, with one finger. <laughs> and I SOS'd my kids for help. Oh, thank Christ. I'm like we have a group chat and I, I just send it to the group chat. I'm like, boys, I, I need your fucking help immediately. Now they knew I took shrooms and they were all like proud of me. Oh, good for you, dad. Like just, you know, take one gram, chill out. You'll have a great time. It'll be fun. <sighs> Couldn't have been further from the truth. Uh, 
It was not fun. It wasn't fun for one second. There would be the odd second where I would laugh uncontrollably, but then boom. It, this was a dark, dark demon ride on these two grams of shrooms, and I was, I was not doing good. The flashbacks of the death of the, the, this kid and finding his body, um, they were starting to haunt me and take over my, my whole thought process, uh, almost dying. Almost dying in Costa Rica. That happened in on this mushroom trip. It happened in slow motion. And I couldn't fucking shake it. Anyways, I'll, I'll tell that. That's, that story's coming up later in the podcast here. Bondcast. Um, anyways, my kids, fucking thank Christ. They raced right over. And they spent the next three hours, three plus hours with me. Uh, I was tripping balls. Um, they walk in the door and they're just like, holy shit, dad. Like, what the, what the fuck is, what did you do? I'm like, oh, I just ate two grams of these, these mushrooms, and I'm freaking out. I was soaking wet. They're like, did you just have a shower? I'm like, no. This is just what's happening. Like, I'm freaking out, and I'm, 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 I feel like I'm drowning in my own sweat. It was, it was horrible. Anyways, they were super amazing and uh, just, just rode it out with me for, for three-plus hours. And uh, they tried to talk to me about sports. We put the golf on, and tried, they tried to get me to explain golf. Anyways, they, their, their tricks worked great. And listen, I still had a f- frigging horrid, horrendous time. Um, but thank Christ they were there. I, I felt so much safer <laughs> once they were there. And um, man, oh man, I won't ever, I never, ever, ever will I do that again. Um, you know, it felt like I took copious, copious amounts of, of drugs and these shrooms. Um, and two grams is like nothing to some people. Like I've seen, heard people eat five, 10, 10, 15 grams at one time. I, those people are a special breed to me because Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can laugh about it now. And, and I snapped out of it about six hours, five and a half, six hours uh, later. And it was just like, poof, it was, they were gone. I felt normal again. And God damn it, did we laugh? Um, the kids were like, yeah, you know, dad, we're glad we're here for you. We, we totally, um, have been there. Our friends have been there. And, um, (laughs) so they were, they were really helpful and, and getting, calming me down and shit. What a, what a trip that was. My God. Um, like I said, I'll never do it again. And I have since, well, obviously I've done the microdosing, but I have since done, uh, mushrooms. I've done them in minor amounts or like a half gram most. And I've, I've kind of tripped for about five, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, nowhere to the extent. Um, but it just calms me down. And, you know, I'm doing the microdosing, but even to eat a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of the fresh ones, it's, uh, it's been good too. And it, it helps me clear my mind and, and gets, it actually opens up the thought process too. And, and I'm a lot more, a lot more just better thoughts come out of my brain and I find myself more productive. You know what I mean? So they have definitely been a uh, positive in my life, except for that five, five and a half hours of pure fucking torture. Listen, I've done ayahuasca twice, like I said, in uh, in Nicaragua. And the first time was was pretty decent. I I dealt with my, my fear of snakes came out and I got swallowed whole by a viper the size of a goddamn Mack truck and... Um, Anyway, I'll tell. I'm going to tell the ayahuasca story in another Bondcast, but because um, the, the the two the two trips were were a whole experience in itself, and I'm glad I did it. I would like to do it again, but the second one scared the shit right out of me, and I and I vowed I would never do one again whilst um, 
on, on this ayahuasca trip with it. And it was all done through a proper shaman and everything. Lest anybody think I did it like just in the, in the jungle with my buddies or something. I didn't. It was all properly done. Anyways, the second one was a, was a nightmare and I had a, I had a really bad time, a uh, bad trip. And, uh, and those happen, I guess, you know, you're going to have good and bad. And, um, <laughs> but I do want to, I want to go back and do it again. Anyways, this mushroom trip was, was worse than that. And, uh, I'll never do that again. All right. Uh, moving on from the whole mushrooms. What do I got next? All right. Uh, Banff. I talked about going out to Banff. Um, so here's the, here's the deal with this. I, it was the two greatest years of my life. Uh, looking back, it really still to this day, was extremely memorable. It was like Banff to me was like living in a in a bubble, and you literally did um, nothing. Nothing outside of Banff really existed, and nor we nobody there gave a shit about what existed existed outside of that Banff bubble. You know, um, so here's how I ended up to go there. I I had a friend Ian Boucher. He was a grade ahead of me in high school, so he graduated earlier, and um, he went to, as soon as he graduated. He, poof, he was gone. He went out to uh, directly out to to Alberta and, and got a job at the Banff Springs Hotel. Well, I would see his pics. Um, he'd come back or and show me pics or, and stuff. And anyways, uh, it, it looked it looked tremendous. This place was this castle in the middle of the mountains, in the middle of nowhere, and and I wanted to go. Um, his stories were great, and it just looked fantastic. So as soon as I graduated high school, uh, I worked my ass off for the summer with my old man. He saved uh, – he gave me like – he gave me drinking money basically uh, to get me through the weekends with my buds. And then I um, – and then I, I – it was like – I think it was October 1st. And he's like, listen, it's time. It's time. Uh, you got enough money saved up to do what you want to do. How about you get the hell out of here? Um and boom, just like that, I had bought a plane ticket. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, she was supposed to come with me. It was our, we both wanted to go work at the Banff Springs Hotel. She was going to be a chambermaid and I was going to be a start as a dishwasher, entry level positions. But she got, she got cold feet and uh, she ended up backing out. She never came. Anyway, I was, I was still going. I was, I was hell bent on going and I bought my ticket and yeah, I was out of there. But, uh, my mom, I remember, God, she was so pissed at me for leaving and and not just leaving her, but leaving leaving my girlfriend at the time who my mother just adored and thought we would, you know, be high school sweethearts and, and get married and have kids and the whole blah, blah, blah. But uh, <laughs> I had other plans. I wanted to go to Banff, for Christ's sakes, and I wanted to work at the Banff Springs Hotel. And that was the plan. Anyways. Oh, uh, she didn't speak to me for like six weeks after I left. She, I remember going to the the farewell dinner and she's like, I don't bloody understand why you've got to do this, Gregory. And she's like, Lisa, you stop him right now. Anyways, there was no stopping me. <laughs> I remember she didn't even get out of bed to say goodbye the next morning. And my dad drove me to the airport. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, she was pretty upset with me that I that I left and and uh, wanted to do this adventure. Anyways, I almost I almost ended up coming right home because I got there, and the second I, I get off the plane, I go to Banff and I I get a room at the do 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 the YMCA. Okay, so it's my like my first hostel experience and everything's fine. It was like um what do you call it like a dorm room, right? So. Oh, no, I got a private room the first night. Sorry, sorry. I did get a private room. I remember now. And uh, so uh, 
I go down to the McDonald's, right? It's just across the Bow River and the bridge. And I was like, ah, I'm hungry. I just, just, you know, plane, bus ride, blah, 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 checked in. So I go to the McDonald's. Well, don't I walk in and who's the first goddamn person I see? My girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. I couldn't stand the weaselly little prick. And I, t- I just couldn't believe he was the the first person I saw. And he comes over. He's all pally-pally. Me and she, she had cheated on me with him back when, when we were together. So I fucking hated this guy. You know, I wanted to just throat punch him right then and there. But he comes over all chummy-chummy. Hey, man. Hey, man. I live in Lake Louise, but, uh, oh, we should get together. It's so cool you're here. Yeah, right on, right on. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, right on. Super. <laughs> I wanted to kill him right then at McDonald's, but I didn't think that would be a very good uh, way to start my my tenure in Banff. So, anyways, I went back to the, the to the to the YMCA and I, I called my dad, and it was I was I'm not gonna lie, I was crying. I was like, Dad, I made a huge mistake. Uh, Mom was right. I'm an asshole. I shouldn't have left. I I left you guys. I left Lisa. I, what did I do? I made a, I'm coming home. He's like, Son, stop it. He's like, Take it. I, I, I best take a week's vacation, you know, go golf. You wanted to golf there. You wanted to hike the mountains. Go, go, go do all that and make a vacation. And then in a week, if you still feel like shit and you want to come home, then then come home. Fine. I'll, I'll support whatever you do. But you had a goal and, and you know, at least give it a week. Well, shit. Best advice he ever gave me. I don't know if it's the best advice he ever gave me, but listen, it was great advice because the next day I booked a round at the Bath Springs Hotel or a golf course. At the hotel, and um, I met these two dudes. Anyways, I, actually, I met a bunch of dudes, and and we all played golf together. And they worked there, and uh, they and then that night we all went out party, and they're like, "Hey, listen, you're one, you're one of us now, bro. Like, we got your back. Uh, there's no staying at the YMCA, like not even a chance." So I ended up living at the Banff Springs Hotel Staffcom across the street from the the hotel for free and illegally. If I would have got caught, uh, it was really no repercussions for me. Because, but the guys that were housing me illegally would have got their asses booted out of there. Anyways, they didn't give a fuck. They were friends with the security people and the and the people that ran Staffcom, and we'd always get a phone call, a little um, yo, tell your friend to go for a walk, because it would be security check. And they actually did that. It was a thing back in the day. Uh, they basically came in to make sure you weren't like defecating all over your room and and keep it you know no dead bodies in there um and then and not housing anybody illegally right so i guess that was a big thing because uh, anyways but i did i got away with it <laughs> and i i worked I, I didn't get a job right away at the at the bam springs i had to go and work at um phil's diner i don't even know if it's there i listen i've never been back to bam since uh since my two years there but um it was this cool little diner that was right on the river um down the hill from the Bam Springs Hotel. Anyways, great little place. I worked there for about two weeks, I think. And uh, I fucking hated it. Just hated it. But it was a job and it was uh, something to do in the day. And then at night, you, you did what you did in Bam. Like everybody did. was You partied your ass off. Like it was insane. And there was no Monday to Sunday there because every day of the week, somebody in the hotel industry had a different day off. Like it could be your, your Friday, Saturday could be Tuesday, Wednesday or, or, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? You just, everybody had two different days off. 
And um, <laughs> so there was always somebody looking to looking for a good time. And there was certainly lots to do and good times to be had in Banff back in the uh, back in the 90s. It really was an incredible time. So I get there. I'm rocking it at Phil's Diner. I hate it. But then I, the whole time I'm waiting to get my job at the Banff Springs, I finally get hired, okay? And uh, so now I can live there legally in my own room. And I get a wicked, wicked roommate who I'd already known through the guys I was living with. And uh, his name was Al McDonald. I can't. Al started in housekeeping. He chose housekeeping and I chose dishwashing. I wasn't fucking going around washing toilets and making beds in the hotel. That was, it was never, ever my jam. Okay. Um, I hated washing dishes. Don't get me wrong. And washing thousands of dishes at it, hundreds of thousands of dishes at a time for, for these, these galas that were thousands of people, uh, deep in these huge ballrooms in Banff. It was, it was insane. But, I it was still it was that or do clean toilets and I wasn't doing that so dishes it was you had to put in three months before you were allowed to apply uh, to another position in the hotel um, and then it, I put in my three months and it sucked and I remember scrubbing cheese off the fondue fucking pots and stuff at the at the the wall I think it was called the Waldorf house. It was down below uh, towards the golf course. You hiked down these stairs and stuff, and it was this cool little German house thingy uh, fondue place. <coughs> Excuse me. And it was uh, it was wonderful. I, I mean, I got to eat like a king there every, every night. You got to dishwash down there, but you also had to fucking scrubbing and scraping. And the, those cheese, it would just get caked right on there. Oh, my God. So many nightmares, <laughs> memories, but so many amazing memories of Banff, I'll tell you. So after after toil or after toilets, after scrubbing dishes for three months, I did um I was a bartender and a waiter. I worked on the golf course uh at some points. I hosted karaoke at one of the hotel bars. Um Jeez, that was that was a pretty fun time too. I was pretty good at uh, at hosting old karaoke there and uh, had a pretty good turnout all the time. And then I, my final job was valet parking, which which was a treat. It was pretty cool to to just wander around, drive. You know, people pull up, you get the call, hey, you got a car here, and there was usually it was always pretty fancy cars, either fancy nice cars that people were coming in from wherever, or it was rentals. And um, I remember one time, so anyways, I got into valet parking, okay, and the boss was gorgeous. My boss was a Karen McDonald. I'll never forget her name, and uh, and. It, <laughs> We ended up having sexual relations, and uh, we ended up being a couple for for like a year and a half, probably there. And uh, we were hot and heavy item, and and I remember um, Valley Parking got bought out by a private company, and she got offered a huge role in Calgary at um, at head office there in Park, and it was something she couldn't turn down. Now she she was twenty five at the time, and I was twenty twenty. Right, twenty one, I think at the most, and then um, so she took it, and I took a buyout from the hotel, and I got this little buyout, and we moved to Calgary. I think I lasted about six weeks, six or eight weeks, and I realized moving to Calgary was a stupid decision. It was not what I wanted to do. Uh, I loved being in Banff. I loved working at the Banff Springs Hotel and everything that came with that position and then moving to Calgary kind of changed everything 
You know, I went from, you know, being able to golf and ski right on your fingertips, living in the mountains and elk roaming the streets, which was, which is magical. They'd be right out your goddamn bedroom window, man. Um, you know, just things like that. And, you know, I remember playing golf on the golf course and there was a fuck coming face to face with a bear. Uh, crazy, crazy memories. But, you know, and then moving, I don't know, moving to Calgary just wasn't my jam. <laughs> I remember before I get off of this subject of Banff, I was in Valley Park and him, one of the hottest cars came in. It was this amazing, beautiful Corvette. And I didn't get to park it, but it sat there all week. And when it finally came time for this this customer to leave, um, I happened to get the call. Hey, Greg, uh, bring down the Corvette. I was like, oh, no way. So it was my boss on the phone, my girlfriend. And um, I race up. I grab the Corvette. I jump in and I'm all excited. Fuck yeah, right on. Whoa, this car feels so great. Anyways, I go to back out and there's a bit of a lineup. Um, I could see, you know, the car's waiting to get out from the, 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 uh, it was an overhead garage parking, like, so it was covered, right? Anyways, I look over my right shoulder and my buddy's there and he's in a car and he gives me the nod, like, yeah, yeah, I'll wait for you. Come on out. Well, I go to back out. Wow. The fucking car over on my left shoulder that was ahead of my buddy, I didn't fucking see it. <laughs> and I lifted that car right up. It was a little thing. And and my the Corvette bumper caught underneath its bumper and just fucking lifted it right up in the air. And was, I remember the look on my buddy's face in the car behind. And he was just like, <gasps> and I could only imagine what he saw. Probably the same thing back on my face. I was like, Oh, fuck. So anyway, I run over to the little kiosk there where the the phone is, and I call down to my girlfriend, and I was like, Karen. She's like, Greg, I don't have time for this. We're super busy. Where's the fucking – bring the Corvette now. And I was like, Karen, I smashed the Corvette. She's like, Greg, don't don't have time for games. Stop fucking around. Get down here now. And I'm like, Karen, I smashed the Corvette. She yelled at me again, and I said, no, listen, Karen, I swear to Christ, I smashed the fucking Corvette. So she hangs out the phone. She comes running up and God damn it, didn't I? Smash the Corvette. She's like, go home right now and wait for me. <laughs> so I went home. We were sharing a place at this point. I went back to our apartment and um, I waited for it. And I thought I was, I was like, oh, fuck, she's going to kill me. She's going to kill me. And she came back and she's like, hey, let's smoke some weed. <laughs> So we got super high and she went back to work and I got to take the rest of the day off, paid, by the way. And she's like, yeah, you just sit here and think about what you did and uh, just hide for the rest of the day. I was like, "Okay, no problem. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) And I'll never forget that smashing a Corvette at the goddamn Van Springs Hotel. She smoothed it over and it was all tickety-boo. She wasn't mad or nothing. It was so awesome. Anyways, I really do miss my time there. I, I, I got to play Junior C out there for the Old Elks in my time in, in Banff, Alberta. Uh, I was also the starting goalie for the hotel soccer team. We played in the hotel league, and that, that was a pretty good time. I think we made it to the championships and lost in a, in a, in a, in a shootout, if memory serves me correct. But um, amazing memories of Banff for sure. My, my parents came and visited me there. We took old Sarge, my mom, whitewater rafting, which I would have never thought would would ever happen. Um, we got to see bears running on swimming in the fucking water while we were rafting and stuff. Just amazing memories that I get to, got to share with my parents that, that came to visit. And we also did the, uh, what do you call it, the Columbian Ice Fields. 
got my mom in one of those huge bus things or whatever it is. And uh, so that was super dope. And Jasper, Edmonton, the whole nine yards. Anyways, amazing memories. And uh, to think I almost uh, I almost came home after one day because I saw my girlfriend at the time's ex-boyfriend who I wanted to punch out. And I just got all upset there for a hot minute. Anyways, thanks to my pops for talking me out of it. And God damn, I, the memories. And I'm still friends because of close friends with so many people. Uh, to this day that I, that I worked with out there and, um, and shared those memories with. So amazing, amazing times. <laughs> what else did I talk about? Oh, I was going to talk about, uh, almost dying in Costa Rica. Okay. So here's the deal. I get to Costa Rica. I'm having the greatest, greatest time. Uh, like I said, last, last podcast. And I was traveling around in four week trip turned into eight weeks. Okay, so I'm in my eighth week and I'm now in the north. Uh, I'm in the north up in the rainforest of, of Costa Rica. And I was in La Fortuna and hiked this wicked, amazing volcano. One of the craziest, hardest things I've ever done. In fact, I was just talking about it with my kids the other night about this volcano. And uh, great memories there, too. Anyways, I went to uh, on this volcano trip. I met these three girls. And um, we all did the volcano thing, and we uh, we became we became pals. After that amazing volcano thing, there was a ton of people that went out for this great group dinner, and we all got we became really close. Anyways, me and the, these three girls decided we wanted to um, we we kind of ran the gambit on La Fortuna, and we wanted to go to Monteverde, and so we did the what's called uh, Jeep boat Jeep. So you get in this like big Jeep thing that um, takes you to this lake. Then you get in this this big boat, and then the boat flies across this lake, okay? And then you get into another Jeep that takes you into the rainforest in the mountains of Monteverde, okay? So we get there, and we're all excited, and and uh, we get we are fucking wasted off our heads the, the first night. We found this wicked-ass um, kind of cool bed-and-breakfast place. And uh, just wandering the streets, and we got to see the stars at night were amazing. I mean, we were all high, and I think we did mushrooms and... Maybe some other drugs that I won't mention out loud, but <laughs> um, it was uh, it was magical. We we got to see these crazy stars like you don't see in the up in this hemisphere because you know they're just different. So we were checking out all these stars and we were using our phone apps, and then we saw scorpions all ripping around the streets, and we we had a great great time. Anyways, the next day we wake up, we're ragingly hungover. And we thought it would be a great idea. There's this mountain that you can climb. And it's a couple-hour hike, I think, and two and a half hours maybe up. And when you get to the top, you can see all the way out to the Pacific Ocean. So me and the three girls, we just a great idea to do this this hike. So we got dropped off by this cab at the bottom of this mountain, which is in the middle of nowhere, right? <clears throat> so we before we, we go up, we do a couple extracurricular activities, uh, smoke a joint, we're chugging some, some I think some rum or vodka, whatever our our choice de jour was, and it was hot as balls. Anyways, we're an hour up this mountain, okay, and it's a pretty tricky climb. It's pretty steep. Um, it's a wide path though, which it was a carved out wide path that was pretty cool. And anyways, all of a sudden we're kind of all scattered around, you know, had, was spread out, and all of a sudden, wham! Right in the fucking bottom of my throat, ah, uh, I got stung. I, I whap the thing, whatever stung me, and it, I see it fall to the ground, and I'm like, holy shit, that thing's huge. 
So I, I take a photo with my phone and uh, I was like, because it was like, it was two, like two and a half inches long. Okay. And, uh, and I don't think anything about it. The girls are looking, they check out my throat and there's no stinger stuck in there or anything. So we, we carry on. And um, about 45, 30 to 45 seconds, all of a sudden my fucking palms of my hands and my buttocks, my cheeks started to itch more than anything uh, I could imagine. And I tell the girls this. Well, the one girl, she's a Canadian Coast Guard. So she's versed in all this safety shit and first aid and stuff. She's like, dude, you're going into anaphylactic shock. She's like, are you allergic to bees or, or a wasp or anything? I'm like, no. And she goes, well, fuck you. you are now. Um, the, the itching was insane. She goes, dude, we we have to fucking go. Like right now. Uh, we got to get you to hospital. None of us had a fucking pen, EpiPen. None of us had Benadryl. Nothing, okay? So it was all such a rush decision. She just knew what she was doing. It was, like, magical. And, you know, like, panic's kind of setting in for me because I've never been this itchy. And I don't know even know what anaphylactic – I know anaphylactic shock is not good, okay? So – the two girls decide, like, we just, she grabs my hand and we start running away. And we're, like, yelling to the other girls going, you can either join us or meet us at the hospital or, or go to the top. Go to the top. Anyways, we fucking race down this hill. And as we're racing down this hill, and we're an hour up, mind you, again, okay? And I don't know at this point, like, I don't know. Again, I said I don't know what anaphylactic shock really is or means. So I'm, I'm uh, but I can feel my throat closing. And as we are running down this hill and she's holding my hand and we were like death grip and we're sliding down this, this gravel and my face is growing as we, we are going down and she kept looking at me and she's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And she's trying to keep me calm. And, and, uh, so anyway, she started, we just started talking and she's like, let's tell me about your kids. Uh, what's their names? And then it got so desperate and I was really having a hard time breathing that I was really starting to get scared. And then we we didn't stop, but we slowed down for a hot second because we we're like, maybe going this fast is making your the blood rush too much, um, and it's speeding up the, the poison in my body because my throat was closing rapidly, and my face was growing rapidly. I could feel my eyes eyesight getting worse and worse because my eyes were swelling shut. Anyways, I was starting to really get scared and panicked. And um, this fucking girl was amazing. Her name's Natalie Elliott. And I love you to pieces and forever and ever. And um, Natalie was so fucking calm and cool. And she's just like, okay, tell me uh, she got the pass. She remembered the password on my phone in case I passed out or, or you know, died. And uh, I just kept telling her, tell my kids I love them. Tell my kids I love them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I didn't want it to end like this. Anyways, we get to the bottom of the mountain. And fuck, lo and behold, isn't there a car sitting there in the middle of nowhere? Okay, and at this point, I'm I'm like, you know, I'm I'm having a hard time breathing at this point, and my face is ginormous. Um, and we we had made the decision not to slow down because we didn't have that precious time. We we just she knew that we just didn't. Okay, so we thank Christ there was a car there by a miracle, and we just opened the guy. We run over to it and open the dude's doors. Scared the living shit out of him. Anyways, he took one look at me and was like, "Hey, Calavera, amigo." Me, was like, what the fuck, me? What, what's going on, bro? Anyways, uh, she just was like, "Hospital, hospital, rapido." Wow, this dude like instant Mario Andretti took over, and he was just like, and he fucking flew to the hospital. 
thank Christ, even though we were, it seemed like we were in the middle of nowhere, we weren't that far from civilization and a hospital, thank Christ. I think it was about four minutes. Maybe not even. Um, anyways, as soon as we get there, I'm now sipping for air. I'm, I, my life flashed before me in his car, not because he was driving like a maniac, which he was. It's just because I fucking thought I was, I was dying. Like I was dying. Um, I could barely breathe. And I, I just, again, I just kept saying, uh, Natalie, please tell my kids I love them. Tell my kids I love them. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please tell them I love them. And she remembered everything, their names, my passcode, my parents' names. Cause it was that it was that dire. And anyways, we get to the hospital. I run inside, and there's a uh, I thought it was a doctor. It was this male guy sitting standing there, and he's like, oh. I could just see the look in, on his face too. He's like, oh shit. Anyways, he runs and grabs a doctor. He was, turns out he was a nurse. Anyways, this female comes out of nowhere, and she comes and she takes one look at me, and her eyes just are go oh, like boing 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 boing. boing. And I was like, oh shit, I'm in big trouble. And at, at this point, I'm barely barely breathing. I'm like. And I'm fucking terrible. I can't see hardly at all because I, my, my eyes are all damn near swoll- swollen shut at this point. Anyways, I was scared. And that fucking doctor was scared. And I could see the fear in, in, on, in her eyes and on her face. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad I could laugh about this now. But it, uh, she, she just, um, after kind of a, a momentary second of shock, she did her thing. She ran around. She grabbed this EpiPen thing and jabbed me in the, in the thigh. And then raced me into this room and and uh, hooked me up intravenously. I had two or three of them into me. And they were pumping me full of, of drugs, um, steroids, antihistamines. Anyways, it took about six – it took six hours for me to come around. Um, they wouldn't even let us take pictures or video. I wanted to get a picture of my – like you couldn't – you would have never known it was me. It looked like my face was going to explode. It really did. Anyway, she took – she let us take a picture about two or two hours later. And I still look like hell, but um, man, I remember it taking a long time to get my breath back. And it was something I'd never experienced before. I'd never had asthma attack. I'm not asthmatic and I never, ever had a problem breathing. Well, that scared the shit out of me. It really, really did. Uh, I came so close to death. So after we leave, six hours later, we're, we're all outside and we're all like laughing and, and having a joy. I'd like I was completely normal. Anyways, the doctor was there and the, and the nurse, and um, we, got, we all got a, a group picture, and Natalie was there. And uh, the doctor looked at me after the photo, and she's like, she gave me a big hug, and she goes, I can tell you this now, but she goes, you were, you had about a minute to live. Uh, if you didn't get here, uh, if you got here any later, you, you would have died. And that, scared, that fucking scared me. Scared me to death. Anyways, we went out. She told me um, no alcohol, no drugs for 24 hours because we pumped you full full of so much shit that it probably wouldn't have a good reaction. So I sort of listened. We went out for dinner. So anyway, the girls ended up coming. They never went to the top of the mountain uh, because they were worried for me. They knew it was pretty dire. So they, they ended up taking their time coming back down the mountain and then took a cab to the hospital to come and make sure I was okay, which was super cool. So we all went out for dinner that night, and had a, I remember having a most beautiful dinner at this restaurant. And uh, we all, we split about two bottles of wine, and uh, but I only had a couple of glasses. And then um, I we did smoke a bit of four twenty afterwards, wandering the streets again to just. And we were just like, wow, wow, what a day! Started off hungover as shit, and at the bottom of a mountain, cheersing, and now we're ready for this amazing hike. And then fuck, I almost died, like. I can't believe how close to die. Like that whole life flashing before your eyes is true. Uh, it was like a slideshow at a million miles a minute. 
you know, you and you could see some pictures in the, in the flyby, but not a ton of them. Uh, it really was something to behold. Anyways, a thank to, uh, to this day. I don't know who that taxi guy. He just took off afterwards. So I don't even know his name. Nothing. But sorry for scaring the shit out of you, bud. And thanks for saving my life or being a part of it. And uh, to this day, Natalie Elliott, I love you forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> so listen, that's how I almost died in Costa Rica. So what happened was, real quick, uh, to end this podcast, uh, um, uh, me and Natalie uh, left the two other girls in Monteverde. And I just, I, I, I had to go home. I needed to go home and see my kids and my, my parents, my friends, because I came that close to death and I wanted to just go home. And it had been two months and I was like, okay, dude, like that's a sign. Um, you know, that's saying to, to get the hell home and, and go see your family. So I, <laughs> we went into the beach for Tamarindo. It was about four hours away, I think. And I remember <sighs> reflecting on that whole four hours, a beautiful, beautiful drive all through the rainforest, kind of coming out of it and then into kind of the flatter lands and out to the beaches, out to the Pacific Ocean. And um, it was a hell of a reflection of a ride. Nat slept the whole way. She was super sick. And um, I just sat there listening to tunes and refl- I looked at, out the window and soaked it all in and was going, wow, like, shit, I almost fucking died. And, um, yeah, so we go to the beach for a couple of days. We partied our ass off, um, kind of celebrated the fact that I was alive and that she saved my life. And, um, and then I got on a plane and came home. So, yeah, anyways, uh, we stayed in touch forever. I, uh, the next year, I went and met Natalie in Nicaragua, and um, and that's where my whole kind of story continues with living in Nicaragua. And, and fucking lo and behold, didn't I go back uh, there a year later, and I, I end up meeting Natalie and her, and, her, and her husband, and we're traveling Nicaragua together. Well, I almost died <laughs> with her husband. We almost drowned together. We got caught in a riptide and almost got sucked out to sea. Um, and her, and her husband saved my fucking life. <laughs> I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell that story on the next Bondcast. Okay. Um, that, and I'm also going to get into all of my surgeries, my ailments. Uh, I've had three, three torn rotator cuff surgeries, a labrum surgery, knee surgery, kidney, six kidney stones. There's so many more. Okay. Um, and I got a brain aneurysm that I'll tell, I'll tell you guys all about on, on Bondcast number three. And I'll tell you about the other times where I almost died, including Nicaragua uh, twice. I almost died twice in fucking Nicaragua within three days. So I'll tell you all about that next one. And um, I'll also tell you about the brain aneurysm as well. And the time I almost, when I fractured my jaw and put my fucking, it felt like my jaw bones were coming out of my both my ears. And I actually had to like feel for like, what's that, serum fluid or serum fluid from your spine or like, for, you know, because I thought my spine or like my jaw was coming into my ears or blood. Anyways, amazing, amazing story too. So stick around for that one on the next podcast. Um, that's it. Before I go, uh, before I say my goodbyes, folks, don't forget uh, my number one sponsor, my first sponsor. And so that makes them automatically number one. But uh, check them out. Scramble Clothing. Okay. Scramble with a K. Christmas is coming. Like it'll be here before you know it, folks. And and I finally listened to my own advice um, and advice I gave you guys last podcast, Bondcast, was that uh, you got to get ordering because you don't want to you don't want to get caught up in the shipping uh, backlog right closer to Christmas, and you want to make sure your your shit gets here on time, right? So I went online earlier this week, uh, like a good boy, and um, 
And I ordered, I put in my order with Scramble Clothing. So go to www.scrambleclothing.com, okay? Scramble with a K. And they got amazing, amazing T-shirts, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, stickers, you name it, okay? Um, and they got great deals going on right now. I just scored, uh, I think it was a 21 to $22 Wicked T-shirt with this cool-ass logo. And I think I got it for 9 bucks. Okay, so go check out the amazing deals that uh, these guys are rocking. Again, Scramble Clothing, Scramble with a K, www.scrambleclothing.com. I love the stuff, and uh, I can't wait for my order to get here. So again, don't miss, uh, don't don't miss getting your order before Christmas. Or gives gives a guy a guy loves getting surf stuff or and, and golf wear. Okay, uh, they got it both. It's kind of a uh, clothing apparel that that suits. Beachwear, they got beach tees and stuff like that, and hats, and they also got cool golf wear. Okay, so um, beat the rush for Christmas and uh, make sure you get your shit on time and get some cool squad gear, and then you're part of the squad and, be, and you'll be cool like me. Okay, and the rest of the boys on the squad team, www.scrambleclothing.com, scramble with a K, and also uh, check them out on Instagram and Facebook, scramble clothing. And don't forget with a K, and they are, that's at Scramble Clothing on Instagram and Scramble Clothing on Facebook, okay? And then Scramble House of Golf, uh, check them out on Instagram. It's at Scramble House of Golf, again with the K. And if you're in the Pennsylvania area, folks, it's a must. You've you, you got to go to this place. I see the videos every day. I'm so jealous. On Instagram, the stories. Uh, they got indoor bunkers that you can, you can practice on. They got uh, chipping area. Uh, they got they got a putting green that that's got elevations and like breaks and you know uphill downhill pots and then they got a bunch of big screens that you can play 18 36 holes whatever your fancy is you know what I mean so if you happen to be lucky enough to be down in that area Pennsylvania uh, check them out at Scramble House of Golf it is an amazing facility okay that is the Boncast number two man it rambled on for <laughs> not bad for a guy who wasn't sure what he was going to say today we're now 53 minutes into into Boncast number two and that's it uh peace and love everybody this show will be uh, uh hopefully i'm going to release it uh 12 12 o'clock tonight right after the baseball game here dodgers are winning 4-2 in the World Series. And football was great today, too. My Packers won. Uh, Buffalo Bills won. And uh, Tom Brady continues to look amazing out there, too, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. Again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Go and support Scramble Clothing, okay? Uh, please do them. Do me a favor and go support them. Tell them I sent you, too. Say, I, I heard the, I heard your, your ad on the Bonzi uh, on the Bondcast. Oh, yeah, and speaking of Bonzi, uh, catch me uh, Monday, Friday nights, Bonzi Live. I do a live show on Facebook Live, YouTube, and uh, Twitch. Okay, no holds barred, kind of just uh, just me sprouting off on on topics and stuff. One thing you'll never hear me talk about again, I'll never say again, but uh, we try to tend to stay away from politics, uh, COVID bullshit, uh, mask wearing and Black Lives Matter stuff. We just I mean, I'm done with all that because it's just controversial and gets people's feathers all ruffled and, and, and titties in a knot. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. You won't be hearing me talk about that, but it's entertaining. It's funny. Viewer discretion is advised, but check it out. Um, I encourage you. Mondays, Friday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. YouTube, Facebook, and 
Twitch. Also, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, ladies. Don't forget to give your tatas a check or go get them checked out at the doctor. Or, uh, again, I am always free to um, give breast disease exams. If you're in the 705 region, uh, I'd be happy to help out and feel your tatas for some lumps. Uh, nothing sexual, of course. It's just Dr. Brunzi helping out for a great cause, okay? Uh, so, yeah, uh, and all jokes aside, uh, just just check them out. Make sure you got no lumps in your boobies, okay? I love you all. Peace and love, and uh, you have a wonderful week, okay? Pip, pip. Love you. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.